Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about shoulder continuing education courses, how we progress our treatment programs for athletes, and what we think of a uh, dead hang, right? Is that good? The dead hang position and a shoulder pack position during pull-ups and chin-ups. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up here in Boston, Mass., at Champion PT and Performance. with Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Coco Chris in the house from the University of Delaware. What's up, Chris? What's up, Chris? Ready to roll with some great questions. So uh, I got to admit, the questions that have been coming in lately have been fantastic. So uh, keep them coming. Go to MikeRonald.com, click on that link for the podcast, and ask us some questions. Uh, join our newsletter list so you get kind of all your episodes that are coming into your inbox. Uh, it'll be really cool. So thanks. And Coco, take it away. Brett from Minnesota. I have been practicing for 2.5 years now and have a strong interest in shoulder rehab. <laughs> Much of my continuing education since graduating PT school has been focused on manual therapy skills. What other courses would you suggest to improve overall care of my shoulder patients? It's like he's like... MikeRinald.com! It's, like, it's like he's like... <laughs> big, juicy softball Special coming up sale. here. This is, boom! Check that out. Um, After that, what would help me with the knee? You can't. You can't. I mean, I mean, How can I bridge the gap? I mean, great question. I like that. Um, I mean, so... <laughs> I'm trying to, how do we give an unbiased response to this? So, I will. I'll what, say it. It's a good what, course. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, we certainly, you know, we, we, we do a lot of work on the shoulder. We've done a ton of research on the shoulder. Um, our mentor, Kevin Wilk, has done a ton of uh, research on the shoulder. So, um, if I would say if you're into, like, a live course, if you want to go to a Con Ed course on the weekend, find one of Kevin Wilk's seminars. I think he's the best. Uh, great presenter, great information, well-researched type things. Um, uh, you definitely want to do that. Um, if you want to do more stuff, like online and stuff we have a ton of stuff uh, our online program at shoulderseminar.com uh, I mean it's it's my live course just presented online uh, over like an eight week period it's 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 amazing like so not to speak like that but like like the, the amount of, of, of interest that people have given it and like the thousands of people have done it it's been pretty popular so we go over everything you know and, and not to be completely unbiased is, is there anybody is there anybody else you'd recommend shoulder like research stuff I mean we, we have a ton of stuff we have a textbook called the athlete's shoulder. Um, I have functional stability training the upper body. We have optimal shoulder. Program. I mean, there's so much stuff. I don't want to make this an advertisement, but I mean, if you're looking for shoulder research, I think the stuff that we've done is pretty good. But what, what else? Yeah, I would agree. I would say that obviously it, it's a really good self-paced is, is one of the biggest reasons that I did it is because I, I didn't have time to sit down. I mean, two days worth of like you just taught and where is it in Indianapolis? So like if you go there, you get a tons of like manual techniques and he's going to show you the test live. You can practice, which is awesome. But like that's two days and you just like so much information. So I like the online stuff because I like reading the research and kind of going at my pace. Like some courses, that like some, it took me like two weeks to get through some of the stuff because there's just so much density. So it's really like what you're looking yeah. for. Like, do you want to know like the clinical implications and like how to get your hands on and do the test and stuff live, or do you want to just take it at your own pace and 
differences, yeah. I guess. And it sounds like you've, done, you've been doing the manual therapy stuff. This is the other component, because if, if you said you hadn't done any of that, I'd say you need to do live course to practice stuff. But it sounds like if you really want to learn the shoulder, there's, there's plenty of good online resources. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of biased too because I've learned a lot from you. So thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do think uh, Ben Kibler's got a lot of really good research. Good one. Jeremy Lewis also has some. I think he has a course in the shoulder. I haven't been there, but I'd like to do it. He's got some cool ideas about the shoulder as well. Um, but I've learned a lot from those guys and just reading research around the shoulder. So. Yeah, there's lots of great therapists. I mean, Todd Ellenbecker, mm-hmm. uh, George Davies, Tim Tyler, uh, Mike Voigt. I mean, I, I could so keep going. SMA is a yeah. nice basis overview for an assessment thing. I know we've talked about it a ton in this podcast, but just it incorporates a lot of shoulder thoracic stuff just for an assessment type thing. And it depends on the manual therapy stuff you've done too, but active release type stuff and anatomy training type, type stuff takes it to a different level when you're talking like, joint movement and trying to improve range of motion and it's not always a tight shoulder but it's more uh, maybe some neural component a muscular component to deal with to try to improve range of motion on so you crank on them and stretch them out which is often not the case so i think that's other stuff that you could to look into if you haven't done that as part of your manual therapy it's not nice. you said you've done plenty of stuff yeah coco <clears throat> Dylan from Ohio. I'm a third-year athletic training student, and I'm having difficulty developing treatment programs for athletes. I was wondering if you have any suggestions on how to get better when it comes to creating these programs. Yeah, we, we talked about this there a little bit. Yeah, treatment programs for athletes. I think the first thing to take a step back is that everybody's a human, right? Just because they're an athlete doesn't mean you necessarily treat them differently. Um, I, I think if you, if you break down treatment phases to, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever it may be, the treatment's going to be exactly the same for a while. It's the athlete's going to maybe go further. Like my grandmother might not go to phase three or phase four. Or she might just need one and two to get back to her functional activities. Um, there's just kind of more down the road. Um, and also, you have to go from you know your basics of restoring function to restoring sports-specific movements. So, I mean, I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. What, what do you guys want to add to that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan, you're coming from you know, your background. Yeah. I think from uh, if we're talking about an athlete, I really like Mike Boyle's stuff. I think he's got... Um, he was an athletic trainer, and uh, he has a big background in strength and conditioning, but also he has a, a mind for rehabilitation, too. He's worked with a lot of smart people. And I think if you learn from him specifically, it'll kind of um, be comprehensive, and it'll also encompass a little bit of a, your athletic training background because he incorporates a lot of great uh, sports performance, but he also has that mindset from as an athletic trainer and a rehab kind of. Uh, yeah, which I think going off of that, Boyle and then just that group of, of of trainers that are out there that are putting stuff on social media and how to develop programs. Um, Mike Robertson, uh, Mike Boyle, uh, Dean Somerset, Tony Gentlecore, Eric Cressy, like those are the people that you follow on social media, see what products they have, and then you may maybe purchase products because that's the stuff that'll take your knowledge to the next level. You know? And that, that'll help like expanding, like understanding how to you know, pick exercises, build programs with exercises. For you, like again, how do you do a treatment program for athletes? You gotta go through the phases. So, you know, phase one is like restore whatever from the injury, right? So reduce your inflammation, um, you know, whatever it may be, like kind of get you back to like kind of like, you know, baseline, right? Phase two is you start to advance them, start to get some of their imbalances, some of their deficits, and then 
then phase three, phase four, you start kind of progressing them to the advanced strengthening, loading, and then finally sport-specific stuff. Uh, I think you're just overthinking it, and I just think you don't. And you, as, as you get more reps and you see more, you get, you're gonna. This will become a little bit more obvious. But you know, think of the phases in terms of that. Like, how do you build off restoring function to adding strength, and then finally sport-specific, and just kind of think that way. You know, which exercise you pick is the easiest part. That's right. that's the basic part. It's how you kind of structure that with the healing constraints. So good. Anybody good? Uh, Pretty solid. I would say the last little bit, like if you're understanding a certain sport really well, don't be afraid to talk to the coaches that are respected in that sport because some of the the best things that I've learned from my rehab of gymnasts was from listening to high-level gymnastics coaches. I said, what did they want, and what did they want them to get back to? How do I reverse engineer that? And I'm sure you guys are that with baseball or with whatever, you know, sport pole vaulting. Right? Yeah. Nice. Are you pole vaulter? <laughs> I was. Really? Yeah. Well, um, so, did I know that? Look at what the coach wants them to get back to if they're a high-level athlete or just a regular athlete, whoever it is, and then just like, okay, how can I help them better? Cool. Pole vaulting sounds cool. Super cool. Yeah. I got one. You want to try it? I got one. Yes. Should, can we set one up and champion <laughs> over there? Like go over the rig. What else? We got Cope. Uh, Dave from South Korea. Is dead hang position in pull-up bad for the shoulders? So dead hang position? In pull-up. In pull-up. So hanging, is that bad for the shoulders? Plus, oh. I wonder look, at the, look at how he added some suspense in there. Like, it's like Steve Jobs. <laughs> One more thing. Two more. Plus, I wonder if you teach your athletes to do pull-up, chin-ups at champion. And if you do, do you tell them to pack their shoulders at the bottom position of pull-ups, chin-ups? All right, I'll start with just, of course, we do pull-ups and chin-ups. I think that's important. We, we try not to avoid anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have a good reason to avoid. So I'd say we do that, but uh, <laughs> dead hang. So what's the question? Do we do it intentionally? or Is it bad full. for your shoulders? Is it bad for your shoulders? What do you think, Dan? I think um, I've changed over the years, you know, because shoulder packing was a huge thing. And it was probably five, ten years ago, I forget. I think Mike Boyle... And that crowd started talking about, it, I think, Greg Cook. Um, I don't remember where it came about from, but I used to think that you probably should try to pack the shoulder at the bottom part of the pull-up, but I think you're probably bringing that acromion down to the humerus, and you might even be causing some more impingement um, at the bottom of the hang. So in gymnastics, I mean, one of the big things I've learned with Power Monkey Fitness is, you know, when gymnasts swing, they don't necessarily shoulder pack. They relax. They get as They try to, and they pull apart. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I had a comment one time. It's like, like, this is stupid. No one does this in gymnastics. I was like, okay, this is probably important. Yeah, you're like, I better think. Yeah. I better rethink yeah. the way I think. Yeah, so I think it's more a matter of getting strong and conditioning that bottom position slowly and progressively. And then uh, over time, you can get some more fancy stuff and some loaded things. And it's probably safe. You know, I don't see a lot of people getting hurt down there. They actively have some shoulder impingement. Sometimes you see that. They have some tight lats or something along those lines that could be causing that. But uh, overall, I think it's probably something that should be worked progressively, like most other movements. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's a person that's good for it and a person that's bad. If you don't have full overhead mobility, you're not qualified to do it. If you're completely joint lax and subluxing, maybe that's not the best position to be in. But what, what you've essentially asked is, do we want somebody to be packed or do we want somebody to be dead hang, which is both ends of the spectrum of the mobility. I, I never really understood the packing thing, I think. So we, we had people packing and doing shoulder program stuff. I, I, I guess I'm kind of like anti-packing. I don't know when I would really advocate packing the shoulder. To me, I want everything to flow kind of normally. And if you're packing and restricting the scap and everything in and then just trying to move your humerus, that's not how our arms move. Our, you have to have glenohumeral and scapulothoracic mobility working together. So I'm, I never understood packing and why we would do that. I mean, maybe if, if you're trying to stabilize the joint and hold a, a heavy weight overhead, I would want to pack right there. But dynamically, I would never really want to pack. So I, I, don't, I don't think you want either. Like, you know, I don't think, you know, you, of course you do pull-ups and chin-ups. I don't see why 
you would intentionally just hang from a bar and try to be passive unless you're trying to do some like lumbar distraction or something like that but like for the shoulders I think you, just, you, you want to be neutral and toned and then perform a nice movement pattern without a dead hang and without a pack you want to be more normal but Dave I mean this is your world too what do you think yeah so I would say that <coughs> In gym, if you're talking about traditional artistic gymnastics, we do train a full hang, right? But it's over years. Like we Why? Start because when you hit the bottom of a swing on heavier skills, sometimes you do hit end range. And so if you've never been there before, sometimes that can be a problem. All right, so if you're a gymnast training to be a better gymnast, exactly. you might dead hang. Over multiple years. <laughs> we okay. do like tons of weighted pull-ups, and you're doing all sorts of ex- like extra stuff to help. But I would say, like you kind of touched on, it's not bad for shoulders. It's bad for that person at that time. So I would say that like, People, ha- a lot of people don't hang in their daily life. Like, when's the last time somebody just like jumped up and hang unless they were practicing it? So it's like right. people are jumping into it way too fast, not understanding there's a lot of eccentric loading and a lot of cuff strength you need to tolerate your body weight hanging full passively. So I would say in our specific condition, we do, but I wouldn't advocate that it's something that everyone should just be like, oh, you need to train full motion, dead hang, because like I said, you're gonna you're gonna make someone more lax over time, maybe like you're gonna start to get cranky over time and. I would be cautious with it. Yeah, and I just add one little bonus. I don't dead hang for shoulder mobility. That's stupid. Exactly. Right? If you don't have shoulder mobility, hanging with your body weight is not going to magically make it better. That's just going to flare you up, like like Dan kind of said. So just to get that other aspect of strength, but mobility. Mm -hmm. But cope. That's it. That's it. Look, you flying through these. It's a way to do it, man. I've given him like six fist bumps. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate it. Keep asking away. Go to MikeRinald.com, click on the podcast link, and, and get on there. Go to iTunes, subscribe, give us a nice review. It'd be awesome. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.